G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Most people do not see themselves as sinners. According to popular opinion, to sin is to commit such acts as murder, rape, armed robbery, etc. The average person would be offended if they were told that they were sinners. And yet this is God's record of us. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now some might concede, but they might say, but we haven't really done bad things. Imagine two men trying to escape from an erupting volcano. As the red-hot molten rock gushes down the side of the mountain, heading towards the two men, they make a desperate run for their lives. They eventually find themselves out of space to run any further. Their only option is to jump across a stream of hot, smoking lava measuring 10 metres wide. Now, the older of the two men is the first to attempt jumping across. He falls hopelessly short of the other side of the stream and is burned alive in the bubbling mass. The younger man makes his attempt to leap to the other side, and although he covers much more distance than the older man, he too falls to his death in the burning lava. The Bible describes sin as a falling short of the standards of God's law. Some, like the older man, fall short by it more than others, yet all have fallen short. Sin is a reality for every human being, but God has a remedy for sin. His name is Jesus. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And thank you for joining us. Phil here, along with author and pastor Ken Legg. And this week we're asking the question, are you sure? How to be sure that you have peace with God? And uh, I agree with Ken's opening statement today. Many don't like to see themselves as sinners. For some it might seem an extreme word and for others an archaic religious term. Ken, you mentioned sin is falling short of God's standards as revealed in the law. Can you just expand on that a bit more? Yeah, the Bible says that, you know, by the means of the law is the knowledge of sin. Now, everyone's received a different measure of light in that respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, take the Jews, for example. Now, of course, they had the written law. They they knew it almost inside out. You know, these were their scriptures. But the Gentiles didn't have the written law of God. But what the Bible says is that they had the law of God written on their hearts. And then Paul, in a very sort of clever way, he describes how that is so. And he says the characteristic of people in general is that they go through the day either accusing or excusing. Accusing or excusing. Now, that might be themselves or one another. They might say, oh, I did the right thing there. In other words, I, they're, they're excusing themselves. Or I didn't do the right thing there. They're accusing themselves. Or they might say it about somebody else, he didn't do the right thing there, accusing them. Or, you know, he did the right thing, excusing them. Now, basically what they're saying is we know what the standard is. We know what's right and what's wrong. Mm. And uh, so... Here's the thing, Phil, whether it's a Jew that's got an incredible revelation of God's law in so much detail, it's spelled out in in all the scriptures and so on, or whether it's a general sort of understanding of God's standard, which the Gentiles have through the light that's inside of us, we have a different measure of light, but no one has lived up to the measure of light that they've received. That's the that's the point that the scriptures make very clearly. God has given us a revelation of what's right and what's wrong. Whatever measure of light we have, no one has lived up to the measure of light we've received. Mm, it seems to me that whenever you share the gospel, 
you have to start with that sin question. That's where Jesus and the apostles started. If we don't begin there, then you know we kind of get the gospel wrong. In fact, it won't make any sense if you come out and say, you know, Jesus came into the world to save you. Well, save me from what? Yeah, that's right. I mean, the, the word gospel means good news, uh, but you have to start with the bad news, as you say, and the bad news is all have sinned. Uh, this paves the way for the good news, that God has made a way for us to be at peace with him. Uh, somebody put it this way, he that falls into sin is a man. He that grieves over his sin is a saint. He that boasts of sin is the devil. But he that forgives sin is God. Mm. And that's what God is like. He's a merciful God who, you know, when we look to Jesus as our substitute for sin, we are pardoned for our sin. All right, let me throw a curly one at you, Ken. It's a classic that you may have heard before. How can a holy God forgive our sin and still be holy? Uh, Obviously, he can't forgive our sin in a manner that's inconsistent with his own righteousness. Does it add up? Yeah, okay. Well, let's let's look at um, some of the ways that people have come up with uh, regarding what they think is the way to have their sins forgiven or to be right with God. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's look at some of the myths, in other words. First of all, I would say this. It's not by deed, okay? Many acknowledge their sin before God, but then they think that this can be cancelled out by their good deeds, uh, they've got this idea that good works somehow cancel out bad works. Mm. I don't know how they come up it's with like that. It's a scale of some yeah, sort. One balances right. the other. In fact, there is a religion that actually teaches that thing, that at the end of your life, you know, you will walk a tightrope across a canyon uh, and beneath you will be the flaming fires of hell. Mm-hmm. And while you're walking across, uh, your life's being weighed up on one side of the scales, in one pan if you like, all your, de- your deeds of good are placed there. On the other side, all your bad deeds are placed now, if your good deeds outweighs the bad deeds, you'll make it across to the other side. You won't fall into the fires of hell. But if your bad deeds outweigh your good deeds, then you will plummet into hell. Yeah, but that actually sounds quite logical to, I think, many people. If you go and ask people on the street, are you a good person? What's the first thing that they think of? Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I don't murder anybody. I, you know, I don't do lots of bad stuff. Sure, I might do one or two little things, but, you know, yeah. generally I'm okay. So there's an acknowledgement, okay, I'm not perfect. I've fallen short of the standard, which I know to be true, uh, but I've done a lot of good. And as you say, you know, the idea is that that compensates. Mm, The good outweighs the bad somehow. So it's like, let me put it to you this way, Phil. Um, If you want to make an omelette, you've got a bad egg. So you put the bad egg in the omelette, but you say, it's okay, I've got a couple of good ones. And we'll put those in as well. And so the good eggs will compensate for the bad ones. (laughs) I'm not coming to your place for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) You idiot, I'm not interested. So the first thing then is, look, you know, the Bible makes it very clear. That's not the way to deal with sin. You can't cancel out sin by doing good deeds, although a lot of people have got a lot of store on that, you know. Let's look at some of the scriptures. Uh, Paul, talking about salvation, he says, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy. He saved us. That's in Titus chapter 3. And then a classic, the one that we know very well, is um, uh, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should bow. So very clearly we're not saved by deeds. We've got to put that idea to one side. But the second thing I would say is not only is it not by deed, it's not by creed. What do you mean? Um, Well, every church and religious group has got a creed, okay? It's a creed is a formal list of beliefs. Um, there's nothing wrong with a body of people, if you like, formulating a, a collection of those things that are commonly believed amongst its adherents. But the problem exists when a group or church tells us that this is the way to be saved. In other words, our church has got it together. You've got to believe what we believe, all this list of um, the, the creeds, 
um, and we uh, have got the the way of salvation and you kind of come in with us and uh, say these things and you'll be saved. It's not by creed. Mm. It's not by creed. And the, the last thing is it's not by breed. So yeah. it's not by deed, it's not by creed, it's not by breed. Um, let's talk about that one for a minute. You know, some people believe that they're right with God just because they are born into a so-called Christian country. I don't know where they exist, but a so-called Christian country or in a Christian family. Uh, so they claim to have peace with God on the basis of their breed. Mm. But, of course, being born in a Christian country doesn't make anyone a Christian any more than being born in a stable makes you a horse. You've heard that saying before. God has got many children, but he doesn't have any grandchildren. You must be born again. Mm. So they're the, they're the wrong ways that people have come up with. People think that by their good works or by their religious uh, affiliation or by you know their, their kind of upbringing, their, their family, their environment, that those things will make them okay. The other one that I've heard, of course, is that going to church doesn't make you a Christian in the same way as going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger, you know? <laughs> That's right. You've told us what isn't the way to salvation, very clearly, those three things. Yeah. What about those who are asking, what is the way to salvation then? How do you find peace with God? Yeah, and we've got to come back to the sin question. That that has to be dealt with. And that's what Jesus dealt with at the cross, Phil. You know, the Bible says that God made him to become sin. The sin of the world was laid upon Jesus, and he paid its debt in full on the cross. He said, in fact, afterwards, it's finished, it's done, it's dealt with, it's over. Now, the one that believes in Jesus is pardoned all their sin and made righteous before God. So there is a way, but there's only one way, and and he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. How to be sure you have peace with God. That's the subject for this week on Set Free. And we'll have more for you tomorrow. In the meantime, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.